Welcome to a special edition of Between the Headphones, Behind Enemy Bylines, the preseason preview podcast. I'm Owen Wharton, your host for this podcast miniseries, where I'll talk with several student journalists from a few of Georgia's opponents for the 2023 season. Next up is Matthew Kistner from Georgia Tech, Georgia's 12th and final opponent of the regular season. And we're back with another episode of the podcast. Today, helping me represent a little bit of that clean old-fashioned hate. We got Matthew here. Matthew, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yes, hello, hello. My name is Matthew. Uh, I am the Georgia Tech sports editor here at The Technique, which is our student newspaper here. Excited to be here. Absolutely. No, an absolute blast to to have you here and and just excited to, you know, get to this, man. It's, 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 I've loved doing this series. I love doing it. I've gotten to talk to all the other, uh, a lot of the other teams that uh, Georgia's played, but you know, I you had know, to us talk being to the most important one, obviously, um, on the schedule for sure. So no, absolutely no. Yeah, that's 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 the big matchup that we got that that's going on. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but definitely no, for us it is. For for us it is for sure. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. But before we even get to that matchup, let's go ahead and, and take a look back at Tech season last year. Run me through it. Run through some of the highlights, lowlights, and 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 a bunch of other stuff that went on. Yeah, I mean, last season, really big season for Georgia Tech, just in terms of some t- steps we were taking. Uh, we finally got rid of Jeff Collins, uh, which I was really thrilled about. Uh, if fans have been keeping up at all with Tech stuff, Jeff Collins was a, a guy that worked for us for three years. Uh, he went three and nine in every single season. He only had 10 wins, went 10 and 27 throughout his career. Uh, so we were finally able to get rid of him after that fourth game in the season, and we hired who we believed to be our next big guy. So really big, pivotal year for us. Uh, I had some high points for me especially beating two ranked teams on the road. That's the first time Georgia Tech has done that since 2005. Uh, That was over Pittsburgh, which was in actually our new coach, uh, Brent Key. That was in his debut game. Uh, And then we went on the road to North Carolina. Uh, They were ranked 13th at the time, only one loss to Notre Dame uh, with a rumored Heisman candidate quarterback, Drake May. Uh, And we took them down in their own stadium on a 21-point unanswered um, comeback, which is pretty cool. So, and we held, we shut them out in the second half. So pretty cool that we shut them down that way. Uh, that had to be my biggest point of the season for that. The, those two huge wins I mean, were pretty gigantic. No, absolutely. No, those were big wins. I remember when that happened, uh, I was truthfully shocked. I mean, just based on what, what had kind of happened, <laughs> brand new head coach and stuff like that. Like, like the fact that they managed to just win at all, especially on the road was crazy to me. And I mean, I, I remember kind of bringing it up all the time. And, like, the fact that Georgia Tech could never win at home but was winning these big games on the road was just so wild, you know? Definitely, definitely. I mean, it was crazy, especially I, I traveled to both of these. Uh, so it was it was pretty crazy to uh, get to experience that atmosphere firsthand. Uh, I had a lot of fun personally. And, and just to see that turnaround was really great, especially coming off of when Brent Key was hired, that Pittsburgh game. The week before, we were just coming off of a loss to UCF. Uh, a game where we outgained the Knights by over 150 yards and we lost to them by 17 points. So uh, seeing something like that was uh, a big turnaround, really optimistic because we we were seeing us actually capitalize on drives, whereas something we were not doing. Uh, so that got us really excited to see the new staff come in uh, and definitely helped Brent Key get boosted to a point of position uh, where he can be our now head coach as he was the interim at the time. Absolutely. And again, you just touched on staff and stuff like that. And Brent Key going to his first full season as head coach, but Kind of detail me uh, just a little bit about Brent Key himself and a little bit about the staff he's put together over there in Atlanta. 
I mean, he's been working real hard uh, to make sure we got some good guys coming in for us. Uh, Brink, he uh, started out as the offensive line coach. He'd been working at the, as the offensive line coach for us for about four years. Uh, prior to, he was at Alabama also as the offensive line coach. So uh, he left Alabama for us partly because it was his alma mater. He actually went to Georgia Tech back in um, the early days, in the 90s. So pretty good player as well. Uh, we're really excited about him. Uh, he's done some great things recruiting-wise for us. Uh, he's done, he was rated really highly for recruiting when he was at Alabama, ranked as high as number two. Uh, in the country for recruiting by 247 Sports in his time at Bama. Uh, so he was a pretty big gift for us originally uh, when, we picked, when we picked him up for the offensive line. He did a great job with the run game coaching as well uh, here, so it was a pretty big deal when we promoted him to head coach. He also just had a great resume here, so he went 4-4 four and four, uh, in those interim years with some really big wins, really notable wins for us, as well as competing against Georgia uh, for that first half, most competitive half clean old-fashioned hate has actually seen since 2016, a uh, fun fact. Uh, which is pretty cool. Also, another cool stat about that that I want to bring up is um, our touchdown uh, that we scored on that first drive was the first time any team has scored on the opening drive in Athens since Georgia Tech actually beat UGA in 2016. So little props to you guys on that, but just another cool stat where Brent Key was able to do something like that was just really neat. Uh, so just really great guy, has brought in a lot of good staff and has wanted to capitalize on that. Some examples of that, as he promoted Chris Winkie, who is our quarterback's coach, uh, he brought him up to the offensive coordinator position, uh, who's coaching alongside Buster Faulkner now. Uh, so two great guys, uh, really looking forward to that because we've done a great job in our quarterback room uh, as of late, uh, being that we were moving from the triple option, we needed a great quarterback's coach to come in uh, in terms of moving from the triple option to the spread. Uh, so having Chris Winkie in that position, he's done great, he's excelled at that. So promoting him to that position, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we also have Andrew Thacker, who's returning as our defensive coordinator, which was a great way for Key to keep him on staff, actually. We had a pretty great defense statistically uh, last year, which was really great. Um, we also kept our defense, defensive backs coach uh, in Travars Tillman, uh, so just really great that we've kept that staff on board. Brinkey did a great job at making sure a lot of guys didn't leave uh, and keeping the guys that were on board uh, and then bringing in some new guys as well, so really optimistic about all of those. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a fun staff. I think I think it's fun to see that Brent Key actually did achieve certain things, like like scoring like on a first drive in Athens, you know. And I know there was I know there was a lot of like, okay, what's going on here when that did happen? <laughs> so like, I know I know that was kind of the the perception around the fan base. And I mean, the game went a certain way, but I mean, it was certainly competitive in that first half. And I I think that any time I know I know people have a love for classic good old beatdowns and stuff like that but like there's something there's something to me that i love that when a rivalry game is actually competitive and i'm hoping that brent key can bring a lot of that to this rivalry i uh, and what the biggest thing i am about him is his passion uh if anything i feel like that's something we've been missing and something we were missing in our past coach jeff collins just never really had the passion for the program bringing him in from temple it always felt like he was seeing us as a stepping stone to maybe a bigger program uh, whereas i feel like he is at the place he wants to be he's bringing a lot of passion to the program uh, we actually had our acc media day uh, recently this past week uh, that was going in and he was talking all about uh, how he aspires to bring tech to a winning culture a great program in terms of that and that's just really something you didn't hear from the past coach which are things that are really reassuring and things you want to hear from your head coach just talking about spreading a winning culture in the program I mean as simple as that is it's it's something that you want to hear and it's reassuring in that sense so no absolutely I mean you look at the success that Georgia's had and they've got a Georgia guy at their head coach like having a guy that loves the program is so important and I think that's why it's it's gonna it's awesome that Georgia Tech has a guy like Brent Key that loves Georgia Tech because I think that's such an important thing for a head coach. 
I'll agree with that. It's also great to see uh, Kirby Smart and Brinkie have their own kind of rivalry in that sense. Uh, they actually played against each other, I believe, once, and Brinkie actually took that one. But uh, still really cool that they have their own rivalry in that sense. It's pretty cool, uh, especially when we were leading up to Clean Old Fashioned Hate this past year, uh, seeing Brinkie and uh, Kirby Smart kind of take jabs at each other a little bit uh, in the media in terms of those things. was pretty cool just, just to see the passion from the two coaches uh, and maybe seeing that rivalry kind of return to a main national stage is something I would really like to see. And I'm sure Georgia fans share uh, that kind of opinion where you would like to see uh, the rivalry return to like a large viewpoint, uh, whereas instead of these noon games, maybe we'll get a night game again uh, for that. So, oh gosh, that would be great, especially because I mean, you, I mean, Georgia has been claiming for has just been dying for night games. I even did a little story on just why that doesn't happen. Which shout out to CBS for that. But I mean, yeah, that night games, night games would be great, and and even like if if that rivalry ever got to a point where like like. ESPN's pulling up and stuff like that, and actual like big time like networks are pulling up on Rivalry Week. Like that would be great, and and having the Brent Key Kirby Smart playing against each other now coaching against each other, it's just fun. But to, but to pivot a little bit, you know, you you touched a little bit about on some of the guys that might have left the program, and I know there's one there's one big piece that did end up leaving um, via the transfer portal, and another big piece that left via the draft, but. I'll let you go completely into it. Who were some of the guys that ended up leaving the program, uh, either one of those uh, avenues? Yeah, so you are alluding uh, to Nate McCollum, our uh, slot receiver. He was also our leading receiver this past year. He moved on to UNC. Was kind of disappointed to see that. You know, we're no stranger to having people leave in the transfer portal. We lost Jameer Gibbs to Alabama, who then ended up being a first-rounder for the Detroit Lions. Uh, so, you know, really great player. And I, nothing but respect for Jameer Gibbs on that. It was totally a business decision at the end of the day. Uh, that was going to get him his draft stock, and nothing but respect for that. Nate McCollum, I, will, I was a little disappointed to see him go to a program like UNC. I didn't really feel like UNC had that much different to offer him. Maybe that was the extent of what he could get. But I felt like Tech was a place where he really shined. Our offense was kind of composed around him towards the end of the year uh, and assisting him to really have the stats he wanted. Uh, so just a little disappointed to see him go to UNC, but we did we did lose that kind of piece of our receiving core. Uh, he, he was a really good guy for us this past year and really bailed us out in some good situations on the offensive side of the ball. Now on the defensive side of the ball, we lost one of our uh, starting defensive tackles being Keon White. Uh, he went in the second round to the Patriots. Uh, really, really great player. Uh, he kind of came up on the draft stock whenever he had three independent sacks, uh, solo sacks uh, against UNC. He absolutely terrorized Drake May in that game. He was three of our six sacks. He was accounting for those. Uh, so just really, really great guy, really great player. Uh, sad to see him move on, but wishing him nothing but the best of the Patriots, of course. Uh, so lo losing those kind of guys, it kind of hurts. We also lost two of our uh, experienced and veteran linebackers being Charlie Thomas and Ace Ely. Uh, a little, little tough on that one because Charlie Thomas, he is absolutely dominant for us. He led us in tackles. He led us in turnovers, forced fumbles, all that stuff. Kind of the like face of our defense this past year. So we're looking for a new veteran guy to step up. Uh, and I am reassured uh, in those sense because we do actually have um, our five defensive tackles that took the most snaps uh, this past year are returning. Uh, so we are optimistic about that uh, with our defensive backs coach uh, as well as our defensive line coach being the same guys. So very familiar space for them. Um, so that's that's something I think we will see uh, Keon White have people step in to fill his shoes, which is important. Those That linebacker core is kind of the big question mark going into the position battle. We also lost our uh, one of our starting quarterbacks, Jeff Sims. Uh, he, went, he moved on to Nebraska, but we were without him for a majority of the season due to injury. He, he was quite injury prone here as a scrambler at Tech, so he, he tended to get injured a little bit. But we did uh, have to move on from him, but we do have a big quarterback battle uh, on our hands, I would say. So, yes. 
No, it's fun, and, and, and I think we'll, we'll hop into that right now because, yeah, there was a lot of players that left. Keon White is an awesome player. He's going to be great in the NFL, I think. He's one of those athletic defensive linemen that can just kind of play all over. So Patriots got a good one for sure, but you just touched on it. There were there were plenty of guys that returned, so if you don't mind, go ahead and get into some of those those key pieces that are back with Georgia Tech for another season. Yeah, I mean, we got plenty of guys. Like you heard me with those five defensive tackles. We got Dequan Dows, um, Makia Scott, Zeke Biggers, who's the one that's like really the dominant force. Zeke Biggers has been a force on our defensive line for the past two years. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited to see him play again for us. He actually represented us at the ACC Media Day. So uh, Key has put him into a big leadership role and really look for him to step up in Keon White's shoes, I would say. We also got Akilah Stone uh, and Jason Moore coming in. Those, those five kind of took most of the snap this past year so really optimistic about these guys once again that linebacker hole is what we're really curious about uh, we got a guy from texas a&m that's coming in uh, andre white he's a linebacker he recorded 35 tackles last season so kind of optimistic about him he's the big guy to watch out for because he is expected to step into those shoes he performed pretty well in our spring game but we will see uh, kind of one of the bigger news that we had was dante smith uh, he was our running back from Louisville that transferred in about two years ago. Uh, he chose to stay with us instead of go to the draft. So he's coming back for another year. We're excited about, about that. But kind of one of our key players as well on the defensive side of the ball is LaMiles Brooks, uh, one of our corners. He recorded 34 tackles and three interceptions this past year. Uh, so we are excited to have him back as well. Um, but that quarterback battle, like I mentioned earlier, is really what has dominated a lot of the tech press because that's the big question mark coming into this year. We've got three guys that are really vying for a spot. Uh, Haynes King, a transfer in from Texas a and him, Zach Pyron, a quarterback that started two games last season, uh, and Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson is our big man uh, that I would like to see be the starter, but has been rumored to be the third guy uh, on the list. But um, Zach Gibson is the guy that competed against y'all last year. Uh, he, he led the team to that victory over UNC as well, uh, but he was the third string going into last season, uh, and it looks to be the same this year. Uh, Zach Pirate is our sophomore guy, real star uh, player. He came in as a highly touted recruit uh, to the program, so really optimistic about him. Uh, his first start was against Virginia Tech past year, led a comeback uh, in the final 10 minutes of that game to put us up 28-27 and win that game, uh, which was really great. Um, the only thing about Pirate that I'm not a huge fan of was his game against Miami. Uh, Miami was one of our lowlights this past season. We lost 35-14 to 14 in that game, and he he started a majority of the game and just did not appear to have it. He also ended up getting injured a little bit later in the game, but during his time, it just I didn't feel too great about how he played. Now, I will say watching the spring game, Haynes King. Haynes King is the guy to keep an eye out for. At Texas A&M, he totaled uh, 1,220 yards uh, on seven touchdowns throughout his time before he was eventually benched. Um, but the guy looked great in our spring game. I, I got to say, he's the guy I'm feeling good about, uh, and that's the guy that I expect to see kind of start but Brent Key refuses to name a starter. Uh, this past uh, media day, he had a little joke about it, but we will we will see. Those three guys are our big ones, so we will see about that. Oh, absolutely, and we'll touch even more on that spring game a little bit later, but, I mean, I knew, I mean, Haynes King coming in, I mean, he was such a, a hyped-up guy at Texas A&M, and he just, I mean, he wasn't able really to get it done there because of injury and stuff like that, and honestly, that team itself was a bit of a disaster, um, especially offensively last year, so, him coming in in an actual like setup where they got Brent Key running the show and a quarterback's coach as OC. I mean, that stuff together I feel like is going to be beneficial for Haynes King. But continuing on a few of those transfers, I know Georgia sent a couple of those guys your guys' way. Yes, um, we, we did steal a couple of guys from y'all. Uh, the big one that I want to focus on is Dominic Blaylock because that's the one I'm really excited about. Uh, the, the receiver we got from y'all off of 15 receptions, 227 yards last season. Uh, 
I feel really good about him. Uh, he was also really reassuring in that spring game, which we'll talk about later as well. I just I absolutely loved watching him so far. Um, and that's that's the guy I'm really optimistic about. Uh, that, that's the one that I feel like will make an immediate impact here at Tech. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Between Blaylock and then, I mean, didn't never count out Brett Sykes either. Uh, you know, he was always around, good blocking tight end, always, always He's, put up some yeah. stats. Uh, just but, the way our offense functions, a tight end uh, is definitely something that we will utilize. Uh, and you saw a lot of two tight end looks in our spring game. Uh, but Blaylock, I definitely feel like, is the guy that will get a lot more looks uh, in terms of that. But but I do feel good uh, about all of the transfers we got. We gained a lot um, through the, the transfer portal. Brinkie kind of masterclassed uh, the portal for us uh, throughout his time, which was pretty nice. And who can blame him? Recruiting was a little difficult, uh, seeing as he came in midway through the season. So it would be hard uh, to keep recruits on. Um, in the program, just seeing as like it would be a complete coaching shift uh, and whether or not recruits actually want to commit to that and believe in his message. Um, but I do think transfers, he did a great job in this offseason bringing in some new people. Oh, absolutely. About 16 players and stuff like that, contributors at all levels. And again, Blaylock was just that dude that that just was never able to make up on that promise that everyone saw from him. But man, that, that he's talented. And, and being how he played in the spring game, it's going to be fun. But, you know, to transition over to that, like, before even the spring game happened, who were some of the guys that in practice in general were just kind of getting a lot of buzz, whether it's new guys, returnees, you know, who who, who might have been really getting that, that it was, buzz? Yeah, it, it was all about the quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. It, all that offseason reporting has all been about the quarterbacks. That's been the big question going in. Uh, like you heard me just touch on Zach Pyron, Zach Gibson, Haynes King. I mean, that three-way quarterback battle has really been captivating people uh, in terms, and everybody has their own predictions of who's going to be the guy. Uh, but I, I attended a few spring practices and all all that mattered and all anybody was watching is the quarterback reps, the quarterback drills. That, that's what matters because the defense, we feel quite comfortable um, on our defensive side of the ball. A name that off, often was mentioned was LaMiles Brooks, uh, which is our returning corner. Uh, just absolute star, absolute uh, going to be one of the best players in the ACC this year, in my opinion. Uh, so really looking forward to watching him build upon his successes from last year uh, and just have a better year this season. Uh, so that was a big name on the defensive side of the ball, for sure. But that, that three-way quarterback battle, that's that's really the big debate on how that's going to go. Uh, just And especially with Key offering absolutely no help uh, in telling us who's going to be that starter, there's just been nothing but predictions about who that guy's going to be. So that that's been the big news, I would say. Absolutely. And, and I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you know, uh, it feels like every single team across the NCAA, Georgia included, has been fighting their own quarterback battles and stuff like that. And of course, no one's revealing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all definitely have a big y'all have a big one as well uh, to make a decision. You know, Setson Bennett did great for y'all. Uh, so seeing that decision will be interesting for y'all as well. So, Oh, absolutely. And, and, and we've got three guys over here, two, mostly two. But, you know, I mean, it's I mean, you, you can't count out Gunnar Stockton, but Brock Vandegrift and and um and Carson Beck. I mean, those two. Those are the two guys leading the way. Beck specifically, but you know, I mean, that's that's Georgia's quarterback battle. I mean, it, it's three guys themselves. But I mean, that quarterback battle. You touched on it. Haynes King. You said had a great had a great uh, spring game, and, and you really liked what he was seeing. So honestly, continue expound upon that a little bit. And what else did you see from Pyron Gibson, and maybe the rest of the the depth chart, and what position battles might have sorted themselves out a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, the quarterback battle, honestly, no ground was made. Uh, that spring game, if anything, just made it more questionable. I, I would say Zach Gibson, my, my guy, <laughs> of course, I would say he had the worst game of the three. 
uh, of the three quarterbacks, unfortunately. He didn't, he didn't ball out as much as I wanted to see him do. Uh, but Haynes King uh, and Zach Pyron were really on the same level. Haynes King got a little more playing time than Zach Pyron did, uh, so he, had a, he racked up a lot more yards. Haynes King actually flipped teams uh, in the game, so uh, he played for both sides of the ball, uh, but had a lot more success with what I deem to be more of our starting receiver receiving core on that team. Uh, he was a lot more successful than uh, Pyron, in my opinion, on that side of the ball, which is what leads me to believe that King is going to be our guy um, going forward. Uh, but I feel like I wouldn't be surprised to see our opening game uh, be kind of like a mixed match of those two quarterbacks, and maybe we throw in Gibson for a drive or two. Uh, so just really interested to see how that goes. But I, I feel like King was kind of the breakout guy uh, just in terms of how he played. Uh, in terms of more of how the spring game stuff went, uh, Malik Rutherford, one of our receivers, one of our returners, he had an absolutely phenomenal game. He led the receiving core with 154 yards on just seven receptions, so absolutely fantastic game from him. Uh, really cool as well, the second uh, leading receiver in terms of yards to see was DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore has been a guy that's been with us for a while but never really had a breakout uh, session. He's what I could kind of see as being the next Nate McCollum. Uh, he had four receptions on 92 yards. Uh, he's kind of short, stocky, uh, has a lot of talent in terms of just when he has the ball, yards after the catch. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal uh, when you get the ball in his hands. So really good to see that. Uh, surprisingly, actually leading the running back core uh, in the spring game was our, our new guy, Trey Cooley, uh, a transfer out of Louisville. Uh, he led with 59 yards, which is not that much uh, for a running back. We can admit 59 yards is a little bit on the low side for a spring game. Uh, but the reason for that is we weren't really running the ball too much. Uh, we were really testing the waters on those three quarterbacks. So it was a lot of passing uh, in our spring game and a really high scoring game as well. 42 to 24 uh, is a pretty high scoring affair uh, for a spring game. Um, but we really wanted to test those quarterbacks out so a lot of new faces a uh, lot of guys uh, to be excited about I would definitely say no absolutely and and, and that kind of brings me to my next question I mean like you, you look at it you bring in a lot of fun transfers I mean Christian Leary Dominic Blaylock I mean the returnees of Malik Rutherford and DJ Moore and then you also look I mean Devontae Smith comes back and then the emergence of Trey Cooley in that spring game I mean, with quarterback questions kind of all over the place, what do you think is really going to be the strength of this offense? Is it Do you think they'll they'll find a way to make that passing game its strength once again, or do you think we'll go back to the Jameer Gibbs and days and really see Devontae Smith and uh, Trey Cooley maybe be a little bit of a two-headed uh, force? Uh, I feel like we will see um, three guys uh, kind of emerge in the running back core. Uh, with that Dante Smith, we really will. It just depended upon how he performs. It's really interesting because our two leading running backs are guys that we snagged from Louisville, and that is our opening game uh, this coming year. Uh, so it, it'll be really interesting to see that. But I, I do feel like the passing game will be our strength coming in. Uh, I think the run game is something that we can always rely on, being that our head coach is an offensive lines coach uh, through and through. That is what he did. That's what he played. He played on the offensive line. He coached offensive line. That's that's his strength. That's and We're going to lean on the run game and, and depend upon it uh, in those sense but I think in terms of what I really want to see us is break out in the passing game that's what's really held us back uh, in the past years is just making that transition from being a run priority offense where we're maybe passing the ball once uh, you know that was just back in 2018 when we transitioned into the spread um, it's it's a big adjustment it takes a long time to adjust out of that with recruits and I feel like we're finally at the years where we should see uh, that development really make some big impacts uh, I feel like we should really see the passing game get going this year we should see some big passes down the field some big plays uh, that come off of the passing game so I'd really like to see that get enhanced especially with the three promising guys we have at quarterback uh, and some really good receivers that both transferring in uh, as well as just some experience. You mentioned Christian Leary uh, out of Alabama. I'm really excited to see uh, how he performs here. You know, he he's only ever recorded recorded six yards uh, in a college football game throughout his time, but. The guy is a stud. I mean, need, needless to say, the guy's a stud, and he's he's gonna be great. Uh, 
no matter where you put him, this guy's going to perform great. I'm excited to see him uh, actually get some playing time in it. Unfortunately, injury has kind of riddled him a little bit, um, but not here. Uh, this is his chance, and I think he's really going to show out a little bit. So I'm excited to see it. I really am. Absolutely. And, and because the offense is just such in flux, I, I was curious and, and, and stuff like that. And again, Christian Leary, Dominic Blaylock, very similar players, both both around like redshirt junior juniors and, and just haven't stayed healthy, but like all the talent in the world. So, I mean, as long as long as that as long as Georgia Tech keeps them healthy and upright, they're going to be fun players for that team. Yeah, we, we've got we've got a great receiving core. Uh, we really do. Uh, and if everybody stays healthy, I, I think we've got a good shot uh, at really being doing some great things in the passing game. Like I'm talking like 300 yards, <laughs> 250, uh, which for Georgia Tech, that's really great. That's that, that would, that's that's a new record um, in terms of us, in terms of going for that in the passing game. But I, I would really like to see the passing game really come to fruition for us. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And and. and yeah, I mean, it, it would just be it, it'd be great to see for 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 your guys' sake. I mean, that passing game finally really takes really takes shape and stuff like that. Especially with how consistent that defense is. I mean, what it's Braylon Oliver and Andre White is really the new pieces on that team. Everything else is is back. So, no, I think I think it's fun. It, it's it's really going to be exciting. Yeah, very very strong defensively. I mean, I mean the defense. I feel like we really don't have to worry about besides in that linebacking core. Uh, but with Andre White coming in, um, and he's got some good experience. I feel like the defense will be pretty strong. So, Ab lots of things to look forward to. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, and then continuing on with that is just looking at the season itself. You mentioned Louisville. You mentioned the team that uh, that you'll be facing week one. So let's go ahead and hop right into the season as a whole kind of you know it, it, I've, I've talked to a lot of sec people but you know we're finally in the acc <laughs> we're talking a little bit of that schedule so go ahead and run me down uh, what are we looking at who are some of the, right. the threats and stuff see look y'all sec people love to assume that just because it's acc doesn't mean we don't have a hard schedule i'm telling we have we really have our work cut out for us this year uh we're no strangers to that though uh, we are always in the top 25 hardest schedules in the season uh, we have the 22nd hardest this year, according to one sports. 247 sports just disrespected us, I guess, uh, and didn't put us on the top 25. But we are cited as having one of the top 25 schedules. I mean, it's it's looking real difficult, uh, but I do believe with the talent we have, we should not have a problem uh, getting at least to a bowl game uh, this season and doing some great things. So, like I said, we start out uh, in Mercedes-Benz uh, with the what is now the AFWAC kickoff game um, against Louisville on a Friday night. Uh, really excited about that one. Uh, that being an opener where there's two new coaches at the helm for both of these programs, both alumni uh, of their respective programs. So really good marketability there. Really exciting game uh, to get to see that one. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh, as, as are everyone is looking forward to the opening of the season. Uh, then we come back to Bobby Dodd uh, where we're going to play against South Carolina State. That should be kind of the gimme. Uh, and then things get real difficult from then on and don't really lit off. Uh, so we're traveling to Ole Miss uh, the very next week. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then we're traveling to Wake Forest. Now, I know they lost Sam Hartman. Doesn't mean uh, that they're still not a talented program. Uh, they still got a great coach uh, over there at Wake. Uh, so it should, can be a difficult game and we'll see about that one. Uh, and then and then we got Bowling Green uh, at home again. That's kind of our last like, give me if you, I don't want to say give me. Nothing is a give me in football. So well, that, that, that'll be kind of our last like easier opponent. Um, and then we kind of transitioned and we traveled to Miami, then Boston College, and then we got UNC, uh, UVA, Clemson, Syracuse, and then y'all. So just long road there, a uh, lot of teams that should be pretty hard. Uh, so we will, we will surely see. Absolutely. And hey, you got, you got the advantage over UNC last year, but man, that's still a good team. And that's, they still got Drake May. So that's always a threat. 
Look, 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 look. I will say the past two years, we have had their number. We have we have beat them when they were ranked uh, the past two years uh, in a very, like, good form. Uh, you know, beating them 45 to 22 in Mercedes-Benz uh, just two years ago and then beating them 21 to 17 in their own house um, towards the end of the season. You know, uh, I think Georgia Tech has had their number lately. Uh, Mac Brown is not really going to sleep on that one, but that's actually our homecoming game this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think... I think that's definitely a winnable game for us. I'll say quietly. I, I, I also, I also don't necessarily think that Drake May is all that people say he is. I, I'll, I will state that. <laughs> um, you know, so I just, I, I don't think he's all that. All right. Well, you're already getting into some bold takes right there. <laughs> yes. But, but I think, I think we need another one. I think, I think we need to get a little bit more bold. Keep it going. Keep it moving. You know, I, I mean, everything you said right there in the schedule stuff, I totally get. And again, you, you touched on it right before, but. No, I, I'm as a former North Carolina native, I understand the ACC is no joke. <laughs> it, it, there are some really good teams, and again, I personally am high on Drake May. But hey, if, oh, you, if, if, you're, not, okay. if, hey, if you're not a fan, I get it, I get it. But let's let's keep let's keep the bold takes rolling for Georgia Tech season. Give me one bold take that that you think is going to happen. One 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 wild thing. All right, <laughs> you know. My bold take going into the season uh, and for the past, uh, ever since last season ended, has been that we will, if not beat, compete with UGA this season. Uh, and that has been my big thing. I think Brent Key has made statements uh, that have assured me that this is a possibility, you know, and you're going to hate me for it. It's fine. <laughs> but I, I think Georgia Tech is coming. I, I really do. Um, uh, I think Georgia Tech is coming for that game. Uh, I've been saying it since January. I wrote an article about it <laughs> in January where I received a little bit of slander on it. Um, but still, I, I, I stand by my take. That's kind of my hot take for Georgia Tech's football season. You, you know, I think we have five key games uh, that will really see how we compete, whether we win it or not. Uh, just seeing how we compete in, uh, against Ole Miss, uh, against Wake Forest, UNC, Clemson, and UGA uh, is going to be – whether we win – any of those five games, I think it will just be really important to see how Georgia Tech lines up, how they compete, uh, and it'll be a really determining factor in how Brent Key has changed the program around in just a year. Um, but my, my hot take for Georgia Tech season, I will say, uh, I, I think we're coming. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> and, and you know what? And, I mean, I, I talked with, with someone from Auburn, and we talk about, like, how just fluid and, and crazy that, that – iron bowl is you know where like mm -hmm. if it's in if it's in jordan hair if it's in auburn alabama no matter which team is better on paper it could go either way and I, I truly, you look at what happened yeah you look at what happened just the other year with that to go into four overtimes i mean and auburn had no business being in that game like whatsoever so you know that was like there's always a chance, uh, and that's that's always what I say. I, I gotta say, I was I was drinking the Kool Aid a little bit this past season um, when it was halftime. I was like, oh, we got this, uh, you know. And of course, it didn't end up being the case so much, but uh, it's it's still there, you know. There's always a chance. There's always a chance, and and any rivalry week, there's always a chance, and and who knows if Tech is really there yet? You know, it's still a new team, still first <laughs> full season of Brent Key, but I think. For boldly, you think for the bold take, that's perfect. Of uh, yeah, I think, it's I think definitely it's... my bold take. Well, we'll say, I'm not saying I'm definitely saying it's my bold view. My and you know, get back to me uh, after the first three games. After that Ole Miss game, I can probably tell you how I'm feeling. Um, but you know, uh, we'll just we'll see on that one. But definitely Absolutely. a bold take for me. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and I think that's fine. That's what I asked for. I wanted a bold take and. Again, I don't know if it'll happen this season, but I absolutely could see it 
you know, once Bread and Key keeps it going, you know, I could see, I could see it down the line, but, but we'll see, we'll see. That was bold, but I think since that was so bold, <laughs> let's take it down a little bit. Let's re, let's let's bring down for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's it gotta it gotta make a claim. Gotta, gotta have something, you know. Gotta make some sort of take. Absolutely, you got you got to make sure you got something that's gonna be passed around between all the beat writers and and podcasts and and radio shows around here. You gotta have something. You know, and, 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 and who knows how far it gets. But, you know, but again, that was bold. So let's take it a little reasonable. Let's let's you you mentioned all these games. You mentioned the season. You mentioned these five opponents that you think are going to be really key. So let's kind of talk about what your what your expectations for the season are for Georgia Tech. I mean, what do you think the record? What do you what's your record prediction? You know, um, what do you think could be the ceiling or the floor for this team this upcoming season? Yeah, ceiling's got to be like an eight and four. Um, I think that in, in those five games, we can find at least one uh, win in those, but the other ones will be losses. You know, I'm thinking eight and four, uh, you really look at it. If, if we want to just go down the schedule, here's what I'm thinking uh, in terms of my overall prediction is a seven and five season, but ceiling's got to be eight and four. Uh, floor has got to be six and six. We, we really need to get back into being a bowl eligible program. Uh, we were very close this past year going five and seven, uh, but we dropped some games that we really should not have dropped. Uh, and we should have been a bowl team this past season. And I think that we really need to get back to that. And the floor has to be a six and six. I mean, just in terms of Brinkey, he's got to be feeling that he needs to get six wins. The Georgia Tech fans uh, in the program, we need that for us. But uh, just going down the line, you know, Louisville, I, th I think that's a really tough game. And I, th I think it's really determining. Uh, you got two programs that are really looking to get their new eras off to really great starts. So it's going to be really competitive. But I got Tech taking that one uh, in a score of like 27 to 21. Uh, going to South Carolina State, uh, hosting that team. You know, I'm thinking Tech's going to take that one pretty fairly easily or what should be and like a 42 to 10. We'll give them 10 points, uh, 42 to 10 take uh, right there. Uh, and then traveling to Ole Miss, you know, Oxford, Mississippi, not not an easy place uh, to play at all. Uh, Georgia is familiar playing there occasionally, um, I know. But, um, you, you know, I think I think that's going to be a tough game. Uh, we played them this past year at home. Uh, and lost 42 to nothing. That one, that one hurt. <laughs> uh, that one hurt a lot. You know, I think Tech will be out for revenge, but I don't think we're there yet where we're going to compete that much. Uh, I see us falling like 38 to 20 in that one. I see us competing for a bit, but just we're, we're not there uh, in terms of our talent-wise, uh, just being able to compete for a long time. But I, I would like to see us compete for a little bit of that game. Uh, traveling to Wake Forest, I think, is one of our trap games. Something cool about the ACC this year uh, is they've moved away from two divisions, uh, formerly being the Atlantic and the Coastal. So uh, now we just have three main matchups, Wake Forest, Louisville, and Clemson being our three main teams that we're going to play every year now. Uh, and the rest of it is just flipping around uh, on those six games. Uh, I, I think that we'll lose at Wake Forest in a very close fought game. Uh, I, I see that one being like a 27-24 situation where we just fall short. Uh, Bowling Green, I got us taking that one, obviously, uh, in a blowout. Uh, Miami, we got to turn the tide in those games. I, I think Miami's a team that's kind of had our number a little bit lately and shouldn't have. Uh, we've been better than them <laughs> recently. Just We just haven't been able to top them. Uh, but I, I think we'll take that one. Uh, Boston College, I also think we'll take that one. Boston College, no no business uh, really being a competition in that one. I, I think that should be like a 28 to 9 kind of situation where we, we compete defensively um, and then we pull away in the end. UNC, I think we will fall. I know that I just hated on Drake May, um, but I think we'll fall a little short in that one. They're, they're out for revenge on us. And now my big highlight game this season, uh, in terms of not being even a key game, uh, is we're competing against Virginia. Um, we go to Virginia this past year. That was a Thursday night special on ESPN, uh, national primetime game. 
uh, and it was one of the most boring games ever to watch if you did not care about either team. <laughs> the final score, 16 to nine, there were a total of two offensive touchdowns, uh, both being Virginia's, we scored on a pick six. It was one of the most boring games ever. Uh, it ended with our quarterback running out of bounds on the last play, uh, so just very boring game there. I think we're out for revenge. I think we'll take that one. Uh, Clemson, I, I think, will fall short. Uh, I think Clemson has got great things going up there, and I think that they'll make a return this season uh, in terms of what they've been. I, I think that we'll see them pick up a little bit um, and kind of return back to that Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson kind of realm uh, there. Syracuse should be an easy win. Uh, should be, but that's a trap game. You know, in between Clemson and UGA, our guys are going to be focused on those two big games, not so much uh, Syracuse, but I think we should take that one anyway. And then UGA, you heard my take. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if we're being real, uh, anticipate a loss on that one, but my take is that we could win that one. So uh, seven and five, uh, that floor, six and six, that ceiling, eight and four. Yeah, that, ce that ceiling obviously includes that Georgia game. And you know what? Heck, yes. I'm all about it. <laughs> yes. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely so. But yeah, man. Thank you again so much, Matthew, for joining me. I really appreciate it. This was an absolute pleasure. Um, but of course, before, yes. But before we get out of here, uh, I just wanted to give you time to go ahead and plug and, and, and shout out whatever you'd like and uh, where people can find you. Sure. Yeah. No, I write for two publications all about Georgia Tech sports. Uh, first of all, being the sports editor uh, at our Georgia Tech Technique. You can find us at neek.net. Uh, I write for all of the uh, technique stuff. tend to write every single week. We publish every week. Uh, so there's some sort of paper coming out every single week with something with my name on it, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I also write for Division of Sports Illustrated under Fan Nation, uh, being at allyellowjackets.com. Cover all kinds of Georgia Tech sports on that one, uh, particularly football, men's basketball tends to cover that. But I also write for them. Uh, so if you want to check out my articles on those, uh, that's that's me. Uh, that's where you can find me writing. I do all kinds of cool things with that. But yeah, I appreciate the time today. Uh, it's been real great talking to you uh, and just catching up with football since you guys. Absolutely, man. I love this series and I love doing this and it was an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much, Matthew, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Great. Yeah, thank you.